I'm Jordan Paris, and this is Trending Up. And we are live. I'm here with Ryan Kuhn. Ryan is the founder of this company called Avail, essentially for do-it-yourself landlords. He coded this software all himself. He, he's, he's a SaaS founder, uh, something that I definitely dream of being one day. You know, I, I, I have a podcast production agency, but, you know, I definitely want to delve at some point in my life into being a SaaS founder. Like, I think that would be <laughs> really cool to have some sort of proprietary technology. Because right now, I mean, we do good work, but like, I don't have any proprietary technology. Like, I just don't. And, and what impresses me about you is that, so I actually like was looking into getting this piece of software uh, developed a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, the investment was going to be $25,000. Yeah. And that was just an estimate. And I was like, ah, you know, I'd kind of like, I'd, I, number one, I'd rather like invest that money in another property first. Like I'd rather do that instead of putting 25 on that. And I already have a business that's working. Like, what, you know, I just don't really need to do this right now. And number two, I was like, you know, why don't I just code it myself? So I look into like, all right, you know, how do I... How do I like figure out how to code this? And, you know, I, th I think in the long run, it's, it, it will probably be a skill that I do end up developing a, a, a very useful skill, but, um, I haven't started the learning on it yet. Um, no definite plans to, but like, man, so why did you decide to like, just learn how to code and how did you learn how to code? <laughs> Yeah, it's an interesting story. And first of all, thanks to, thanks for having me. It's great chatting with you, mm -hmm. Jordan. Um, the story of learning how to code is almost similar to what you're describing, where um, mm -hmm. about seven, eight years ago, my co-founder and I, we came up with this idea to essentially help all of these independent, what we call do-it-yourself landlords, efficiently manage their rental properties. And we knew this problem ourselves. We were landlords and right. dreamed of having the software. And much like you, we went out and we said, okay, well, the obvious thing is we'll just pay people to build it for us. We were blown away with the price tag that we were quoted. I and bet it was probably like over $100,000. Yeah, I mean, well, it was not only over 100, but the range that people quoted us was was huge. And it was mm. anywhere from, I don't know, call it 100 to 300,000. And we we're just like, man, the the, difference in quality, number one. Number two, if we don't know the skill ourselves, if we can't go through the code base ourselves, like we're gonna just get taken advantage of. And so eventually what we decided to do is essentially said, look, we could put that 100 to 300K in the bank and essentially draw that as salary while we're learning the skill. And that was our mindset is we were like, we're gonna invest this to accomplish and build this software. So why don't we just pay ourselves to build it and to learn the skill? And then you know what, ultimately, if it doesn't go anywhere, if Avail never becomes this like big smash hit like we thought it would, then at least we've got skills that we could fall back on and maybe go on and build the next thing. So that was our, our process, but I, I'll tell you, Jordan, it took like way longer um, than expected. It was a lot harder than just, uh, you know, putting pieces of Legos together. <laughs> oh, over a year, certainly. Oh, like, um, I think we were at a probably about 36 months. It was like three years of just heads down. I mean, 
the, the, it's like any entrepreneur, and I'm sure a lot of the audience can relate. It's the highs are high, the lows are low. And when you like figure out that one thing that you're stuck on, man, there's no better feeling. But when you're going through it and you're really trying to like learn and stay focused. And I think that's my number one tip for anyone thinking about learning, uh, learning to code is you've just got to block out all distractions. You've got to tell your friends and family, hey, I'm going into hibernation for a while. You'll see me on the other side. Hmm. You didn't quit your job though at that point when you're like coding it. I had. Yeah. Oh, you had? Why? Yeah. Yeah. So I had taken that leap. Um, fortunately, I, I assume you, you, you had plenty of savings. Well, savings. Yeah. I mean, had a, a defined amount that we were both, that both me and Lawrence were willing to invest in the business. And we essentially said, look, we're going to leave our jobs. That way we can put those blinders on and we can focus and we can really dedicate ourselves to it. Because I think too often people kind of give it this half-assed attempt and it doesn't really pan out. So that was our experience. And, yeah. and now fortunately, I mean, that was, I mean, 2012 to 2015 was the period of time that we were like heads down building the software, uh, launched it in early 2015. And fast forward five years from that point, today there's about 600,000 landlords and renters in the Avail community who use our products to make the rental experience better. So mm. um, fortunately, it's worked out. Fortunately, um, we now have a, a really great team of experienced people who are trained software engineers. Um, so they, they've been able to go in and clean up a lot of the mess that we created. Uh huh. Now, the, you know, the part that, you know, where you're saying like, oh, 600,000, you know, landlords now, you know, use this. That's like my second worry with, you know, creating, uh, you know, a piece of software like this. Like, I don't have experience marketing like a product where, you know, you have to have a large number of people to make it successful. Certainly, you know, your product would probably be successful without 600,000 people. You could probably divide that by like, you know, by like 12 and you'd still be pretty happy. Uh, but, uh, you know, my worry is like, okay, I mean, because I, you know, I don't need a lot of clients. Like, I have a very high price point. Yep. And so I don't need a thousand clients. Right. Really don't. Um, so how, how do you go about, like, growing and, and getting your first 500 paying customers? Yeah, it, I mean, that's something that I think, unfortunately, a lot of entrepreneurs ignore and they don't think about it enough. Um, I would say we somewhat fell into that trap, too, of build it and they will come. And yeah, it's that, a trap. That, I mean, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not true. No, it never happens. It's a myth. Um, and so I think for us, where, where we fall, so number one, we're targeting individuals, like guys like us, who are busy full-time doctors, bankers, firefighters, software engineers, and they happen to own one or two rental properties on the side. So we're not targeting like big, massive institutional clients. We're targeting guys like us and our product is free. And so we've had to really focus on how do we get people in large numbers to use our product? That's the only way that the business really works. Right. And so fortunately for us, what's worked really well um, is number one content. So number one, like beyond just helping people with managing their properties, we also really spend a lot of time focusing on 
how do they manage their properties and how do we educate this audience? How do we teach them the nuts and bolts of being a landlord? So that's number one. So we put out a lot of content on our education pages. Right now, sitting here May 12th, we're creating a lot of content around COVID-19. Um, we were considering launching a podcast. I mean, so can certainly see value in, in kind of the, the offering that you have. And so that's number one. Number two, I think we've really leaned in and we've said, look, we're going to build an incredible product. And when we do that and we really focus on perfect product, then that really launches a lot of people who want to go out and share it and tell their friends and family. So fortunately yeah. for us, it's really been this like kind of twofold approach of number one, focus on helping people. Number two, build build perfect product and, and it'll spread itself. Yeah, I mean, I think that the content is a really good point. Like if you see Acorns at Investing yeah. Software, I interviewed the founder a little over a month ago. Like they have, I've, I just love the product. I've used it for many years. Yeah. And Acorns grow. They have a, like a grow, an education like side, an education platform like built in to the app. And it's, it's like, it's really cool. Um, Robinhood, they have a, a similar thing. It's not quite, you know, like Acorns grow, but they, they have something that Acorns does not that I gotta, I gotta convince Walter to do the founder, uh, is a podcast. Robinhood has great podcasts, Robinhood snacks. Yeah. And I mean, then there's companies like Basecamp, Basecamp, the project management software, like they have, a podcast a lot of companies have have podcasts even at one point mcdonald's tried to do a podcast i don't know if that's like really <laughs> i i don't know i don't know about about them doing it but like uh but yeah i i think it's i think that's a good point and then like so what you're saying you know getting people excited to share it what did that yeah i think the thing that gets people excited to share it is when they have that wow moment and whether it's a, a burger from McDonald's or whether it's, you know, a, a experience managing your rental property with online software like Avail that just makes the process so easy. I think there's a number of different points in a, in a product and in a user's journey where you can really wow them. Mm. And when you wow someone, that, that causes a lot of people to go out and want to spread, spread it, share it. I know I was one of the first adopters of Robin Hood back in the day. Oh, I love, yeah, I just love I mean, that it's, app. It's dude. a great product. They've really engineered it. I mean, the mobile first experience is great. Um, and there's there's a lot of experiences in there and things that they've added that just make me say, wow. And I just go out and I, I share Robin Hood with my friends and family and they don't get any monetary value from me. I know they've got their referral program, but I just shoot a text to my buddy. It's like, yeah. you haven't set up Robinhood yet. What's wrong with you? I know, I do that too. I do that with Acorns and I do that with Robinhood. And yeah. and then there's recently too, like this this app called Truebill that, that just, I got it to like, you know, see, all, it's one of those things where you see all your subscriptions. Okay. And it monitors all that. And then it like, you know, categorizes all your spending and income. And it's like, it's a really cool thing. And just the the design makes me want to talk about it. Oh, the user interface is beautiful, seamless. Like I don't I, I don't know all the things that add up to the wow factor, but there's a wow factor there with Truebill, Acorns, and Robinhood. And it sounds like that you guys have banked off of that too. 
Yeah, and it's something that we've had to grow into, really, where I think step one was just build your minimum viable product. Just get yeah. something out there. Um, parts of it sucked. Parts of it were, were not good back in the day. And I'm embarrassed to look back at V1 of our product. But over time, now that we've figured out product market fit and we've really understood and we've gotten feedback from thousands of customers, now we've moved on to this period where we're being very deliberate about trying to deliver those wow factors. And mm -hmm. it's really all about um, engineering your product and designing it in such a way that you instill that that feeling in people that makes them want to go out and share it. And that's something yeah. we spend a lot of time on. Yeah, it's, it, it's a feeling. You know, I talked to, gosh, all my interviews are like kind of coming together in this one. Um, Kevin Rudolph, who let it, you know, that song, Let It Rock, that was like, you know, number one in like 2008. It was like, oh, yeah. Song. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he he's like my number one supporter everywhere. Okay. Not He's not on LinkedIn, but he's on other platforms. I, I, I love that guy. He's awesome. And he one of the things he said to me in, in our interview back last year was like, you know, create something that, that makes people feel, you know, like that's what, that's one, it, it sounds simple, but I, I don't know, the way he said it was a lot better, but I think it's kind of what you're getting at there. And then what you're getting at too, with like the minimum viable product, like you, I want to point out that you at Avail, Ryan Kuhn could afford to do that because I imagine you didn't really, you didn't have a, a built-in audience. Like you did not have a bunch of paying customers already. Like you had zero, you really didn't have anything to lose. Like for example, let's say if Apple comes out with a minimum viable product, like they can't really do that because they have this no. built up reputation. You didn't, you didn't have, it. you had nothing to lose. So a minimum viable, viable product, great idea for people with built-in audiences like Tim Ferriss with, you know, a bunch of New York Times bestsellers under his belt, like a minimum, minimum viable product, like might not be a good idea, but for you, it absolutely was. And like what? So, you know, you put out the minimum viable product and you start listening to like, you know, feedback or, or was it like, you know, just coming from like, you guys would like play around with it and like, and like, oh, you know, we could improve this. Like we could do this better. Like, like what were you, how did you go about improving this? Yeah, well, I think there's the whole lean startup methodology, which really um, teaches and encourages people to start really lean and narrow and then build on it over time. And I think you're, you're spot on, Jordan, where I think we were fortunate back in the day, we didn't have that big, massive audience. And but now, I mean, as companies mature, they're less able to basically put out poor quality products. Right. And that's not a bad thing. And but that's a normal cycle of how businesses mature. So for us, we we were really focused. Let's put out the minimum viable product and then get feedback as quick as possible and iterate on it. And I think that's another thing that we've done exceptionally well here at Avail is we, we take customer feedback extremely seriously and everyone on our team. So we've got a 25 person team all based here in Chicago. They're the hardest working people in tech, but we, we actually rotate customer support responsibilities that's on everyone on our team. That's pretty cool. And it's really fascinating. And hmm. one of the things that I love doing is, you know, one week a month or whatever, a couple of our engineers will be on customer support. 
and they'll get feedback from customers on you know a particular feature or functionality doesn't work as they expected mm -hmm. and maybe that feedback will come in over a weekend and a couple of our guys whether it's wade or wilson or whoever on our team i mean well i'll come in monday morning and they they heard the feedback from the customers and they fixed it and they just went in and like went into the code base made a change um and it's been really cool to see see that part of yeah. our culture really influence and, and benefit our customers. Yeah, uh, you sound like a, a really great founder, man. I really admire you. And so like, but from 500, you know, 500, you know, people on your platform to 100,000, what, what did it take to get there? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it took a lot of trial and error. And for us, it was um, one of our core values here. We've got four core values. One of our core values is persistence. And it's basically that you don't fail until you've given up. And so for us, over the last five years, it's really been embracing that mentality and really just sticking with it. Mm -hmm. I think going from 500 to 1,000 to 10,000 to 50 to 100,000 landlords, um, I mean, it's just been this like ongoing, I mean, every day is day one. Every day is a, a struggle. And I think for us, we're, we're staying hungry. I mean, we're, we're certainly happy with where we are, but we're not complacent. We're not satisfied. So it's really just keeping that hunger. Keeping that hunger. I mean, what do you expect to get to? Like, I'm, I, I, like, like 2 million, you know, three, <laughs> 10 million, you know, what, what are you, what are you thinking? Yeah. I mean, so the, the 600,000 number that I mentioned before, that's a combination of landlords and renters. So our product helps landlords, you know, screen tenants, sign leases, collect rent. And then the renters also engage with the product to sign their lease, pay the rent, apply for vacant units. In the US, there's about 8 million total individual DIY landlords like you or me, who are busy professionals, part-time landlords. So I think we're at a, call it 150,000. So we're just scratching the surface of what's out there. And I think that What's unique about our product is whether you own a house in Anchorage or a brownstone in Brooklyn, you can use our product and it works really well everywhere. It's state specific, uh, complies with all the state and local laws. And so for us, it's really about how do we reach as many people, as many of those 8 million individuals as we can. And it's all about delivering them a free set of tools that makes their lives better. Mm. Mm hmm. Well, Ryan, I'm going to share. I'm going to share my screen right here for people. Ah, look at the the. <laughs> the oh, it's it's trippy. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. So avail.co. This is a piece of software that we've been talking about this whole time. You can get it here. Is there? An, there's an app, Ryan, right? Or yeah. There's there's not a. You wouldn't go to the app store, but you would just uh -huh. go to you know, Chrome or Safari on your mobile browser. Oh, okay. And you, it'll work really well. It shrinks down, um, behaves really nicely on a phone. Cool. And then to connect with Ryan, there he is on LinkedIn, Ryan Kuhn. Ryan, this has been a fun conversation. I really appreciated talking with you today. And I look forward to continuing to, uh, you know, watch your growth with Avail and, and continue to learn from you. I'm glad that we're connected now. And yeah, I appreciate you, Ryan. Thank you. Yeah, thanks a bunch, Jordan. Really looking forward to the day that you start your own SaaS, SaaS product. <laughs> I can't wait to see how that goes.
<laughs> yeah, man, I'm gonna have to uh, I'm gonna have to learn a lot a lot more from you. I'm gonna have to have some conversations about that when I when I eventually do that. Let's when do it. not? It's not it's not really an if, you know. I'm no, I'm it's, it's when. So. Yeah.